Amen. How's everyone doing tonight? Like you had a four day weekend and you're like, I'm like, hey, how's it going? Like, spirit figure. Okay, let's try one more time. How you guys doing tonight? Tough crowd, tough crowd. Hey, I'm glad to see you guys tonight, and um, we're going to dig into God's Word a little bit. Um, and here's how this works. I'm asking you to listen. Not because I'm the one talking, but because God Himself wants to talk to all of us tonight, myself included. And I believe that He wants to encourage you and to challenge you, okay? And so um, we're just going to jump right in tonight. And uh, we're talking tonight about names, and uh, I'm going to set this down because it's heavy, but this is my Names of God Bible, and if you were to look at this up close, you would notice two things. The first thing is this, part of Romans 8 has been chewed out of this Bible by my dog, just saying. (laughs) Item number two, yeah, I don't know like why I left it, I left it open on my bed one night, right, I was being like all spiritual, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to read my Bible before I go to bed, and so I set it open, and I had this Romans 8, and it was just laying on my pillow, right? And I forgot that my dog was in there. And at the time, my dog was like a year old. And man, I go into my room, and this was a brand new Bible. I mean, brand new. And I don't know if y'all know this, but Bibles are not cheap, okay? And so, brand new Bible, I go in there, and my Bible is on the floor, and it's ripped. Have you guys heard the phrase, Bible thumping? Like when people hit you upside the head with the Bible? I took Bible thumping to a whole nother level that night with my dog. I said, boy, poor thing. He got a spanking. But anyway, uh, the other thing that you would notice about this Bible is there's engravings on the cover. And the engravings are actually in Hebrew because the original text of the Bible was written in Greek and in Hebrew. The two languages from back in Bible times, the writers wrote in Hebrew and Greek. And so on the front cover of this Bible is all the names of God in Hebrew. And here's what I love about this Bible. You know how in the Bible it says God or Lord or Jesus, right? It says those three things all the time. Well, in this Bible, it actually translates it from the original Greek. And instead of saying God a million times from Genesis to Revelation, it will actually say the name of God. So someone give me a verse that you all know. Anyone? John 3.16. John 3.16. My pits are sweating. This is the worst Bible drill ever. John 3.16. I'm glad you didn't say Romans 8. Thanks for not saying Romans 8. I love that. Oh, man. I love my dog and I hate him. Here's what it says. Okay, Romans. No, not Romans. John 3.16 doesn't work. Um, Okay, let's just read verse 22, okay? It says, Later, Yeshua and his disciples went to the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and baptized people. Yeshua is what? Jesus, right? And bless you? Who said bless you? Yeshua, yeah? Do you say Yeshua? Is someone sneezes? No. I'm so confused. Okay. Okay. So let's find another one, real quick. Um, let me just flip. Okay. Here we go. Listen, listen. 
this is Lamentations 2. I just flipped here. Ready? Look how Adonai has covered the people of Zion with the cloud of his anger. He has thrown down Israel's beauty from heaven to earth. He didn't even remember his footstool on the day of his anger. Everyone say, who's Adonai? Great question. I'd love to tell you. Hang tight. Adonai means Lord, Master. Okay? And so God actually has all these different names, not because he's like some schizophrenic God, but the names actually reveal the character and nature of who God is. Okay? And names are a big deal. You have a name. I have a name. I have a twin sister. Don't worry. She looks nothing like me. Do you know what our names are? Tara and Sarah. Okay? I was supposed to be Tara Lynn, and my sister was supposed to be Sarah Lee, but my parents didn't want her getting made fun of for, like, the whole Sarah Lee cheesecake stuff in the freezer section of the grocery store, right? Because, like, Tara Lee is that different. Come on. And so she was named Sarah Lynn, and I was named Tara Lee. I was named after the plantation on Gone with the Wind. I've never seen a movie. I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult, but I was named after a plantation. Like, hey, what are you named after? A uh, plantation? <laughs> like, oh, okay, cool, really inspiring. Uh, but names are a big deal. Names are how we identify and we mark people. We each have a first name and a last name, and we have a middle name. But we also have nicknames. Do you know what my nickname was in, in elementary school? On first grade, it was Thunder Thighs, bad gear for my life, bro, terrible. But after that, my nickname became Touchdown. All my friends at school called me Touchdown for two reasons. One is because my initials are TD. Terry Davis Touchdown, yeah. But number two is because every day at recess, I would play football with the boys at school. I was the only girl. And I was the last one to get picked every single year until fourth grade. When I created my own league at recess, it was Tara and the Misfits. And by golly, if you were the last one chosen at some point in the year, you got to be team captain and choose your own team. And so all throughout high school, even until the day I graduated, people called me touchdown. They'd say, hey, TD, touchdown. So names are a big deal. Names are a very big deal. We have this new mural in here, and it's incredible, it's fascinating. And at first glance, you might look at it and be like, whoa, that's a lot going on, like someone could not decide a thing for the new mural. But it actually was very intentional, and Mike touched on this a couple of weeks ago when we met, that it's actually a Names of God mural. And it depicts who God is, and so there's different things on that wall. There's the Rose of Sharon, and the Lion, and the Lamb, and the crown of thorns, and the crown of majesty, and the empty tomb, and the strong tower, and the root of Jesse, and the alpha, and omega. That A, far left corner, stands for alpha. Notice it's at the beginning of the mural. Alpha means beginning. And then that last little horseshoe-looking thing is omega. It's the Greek letter for omega, which is the last letter of the Greek alphabet. So our alphabet is from A to Z, right? The Greek alphabet actually goes from Alpha to Omega. And so God refers to himself as the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And names always reveal who we're talking about. Um, 
The reason God has so many names in scripture is because he is worthy of honor and praise. The majesty of his name, his being, is worthy of recognition on several different fronts. Uh, We see this with athletes in society today, right? Uh, Michael Jordan was a huge one when I was growing up as a kid. Michael Jordan was the bomb.com and everybody wanted to be like MJ. And everybody, at least once in their life, has done the infamous MJ Eagle spread. Yeah, are you with me? Anyone? No? Okay, two of you. Fantastic. The rest of you are too young. If I were to say, who's the GOAT? Who's the greatest of all time? Who would you say? Jesus. Okay, Jesus. We have Curry, Michael Jordan, Ken, Tom Brady. Wow. That was so offensive. Tom Brady. Wow. That was a gut punch. But if I ask you, if I ask you who the greatest of all time is, we can't even agree because everyone has a different opinion. That's how important names and titles are. There has always been a sense that greatness demands to be recognized. That's why it makes sense that God's greatness, majesty, and power would overflow into an entire dictionary full of names. The reason is because God wants us to understand and to know who he is. We will never understand who he is because he's too big for our minds to understand. But each name of God represents the character of God. Adonai. I read that earlier. The name Adonai for God comes from a root term that means master or owner in the ancient Hebrew language. Therefore, the name Adonai helps us understand that God is Lord. The name teaches us about God's character, emphasizing that God is the owner of all things and the ruler of the universe. Another word for that is boss. So when we say Jesus is Lord, what we're saying is Jesus is boss. And it's one thing to say it with our mouths, but it's a whole other thing to say it with our lives. No one would ever call a player on the sideline who never plays, who never scores a touchdown, who never scores the game-winning goal. No one would ever call an unknown someone the greatest of all time. But I think sometimes you and I, we say a lot with our mouths, but we believe something else to be true in our hearts about who God is. Right? We say that God is awesome and things are great. As long as everything goes according to plan, we love God. But as soon as he flips the script on us and the crap hits the fan and things start happening where he asks us to do something that we'd rather not do, we really start declaring what we believe to be true about him. The Bible says that out of the overflow of the heart, your mouth speaks. So the question isn't so much who do you say that God is with your mouth, but it's who do you say that God is with your heart. That changes everything. The more we know about the names of God, the more we truly understand this mural and what it represents, the more we will fully understand who God is. Have you guys ever heard of the store or like a store where everyone's like, 
where people say you can find everything from A to Z in here. Anyone? Okay. So the same thing is true with like Alpha and Omega, and I kind of touched on this earlier, but A to Z, A is the beginning of the alphabet, Z is the end. Alpha is the beginning of the Greek alphabet, Omega is the end. So basically Jesus is saying, I am the beginning and I am the end. If he were saying it today, he would say, I am A to Z. Everyone say, okay. You tracking? You tracking with me? I mean, it's kind of like, what's the point? <laughs> like, Tara, get to the point. This is just all, like, fluff. Okay, we're getting there. Stay with me. The book of Revelation, which is the last book in the Bible, talks about the end times, was originally written in Greek. And um, it says in Revelation again and again that Jesus is the Alpha and Omega. It means that before time was here, before time began, Jesus was here, and he will be here after time ends. Jesus is eternal. Um... Y'all still with me? Okay. I want to read some scriptures for you guys. And these are scriptures that reveal the nature and character of God. They tell us about God as the Alpha and Omega. Revelation 22, 13. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning in the end. Revelation 1.8 I am the Alpha and Omega says the Lord God who was and who was and who is to come the Almighty. Revelation 21.6 And he said to me it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega the beginning and the end to the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. Isaiah 44.6 Thus says the Lord the King of Israel and his Redeemer the Lord of hosts I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. Isaiah 48, 12. Listen to me, O Jacob and Israel, whom I called. I am he. I am the first and I am the last. Isaiah 41, 4. Who has performed and done this, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, the first and with the last. I am he. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Colossians 1.16 For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. John 1.14 And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Revelation 19.16 On his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Revelation 1.16 In his right hand he held seven stars. Stars are flaming balls of fire. That's pretty impressive. Just saying. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. Revelation 1.15, his feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Colossians 1.17, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Colossians 1.15-18, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. 
For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Philippians 2, 10 and 11. So at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Romans eleven thirty six. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Acts four twelve. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Luke nineteen ten. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Malachi 3, 6. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. I, the Lord, do not change. I love that. And that is just a small portion of who Jesus is. And when you begin to truly know and understand the names of God and who he is, your response becomes worship. We don't have to get up here and coerce you into worship. We don't have to give you a little speech or read you a verse that says, okay, now it's time to sing because God loves you and we love you, so we're going to worship God through song. We don't have to do that. Because when you understand how incredible Jesus Christ is and how undeserving of his love you and I are, the only response is worship. Right? Because all of a sudden it doesn't matter if you can sing or not, or if the words on the screen are working or not, it doesn't matter if you know the song or not. What matters is that you know that Jesus Christ is God, and you are not. And you could never earn his love. You could never earn his salvation. He freely gives of himself because he loves you, and he loves me. And nothing ever changes that. Even when you don't believe it. That is who he is. That is the God that we are trying to portray and to magnify to you on Monday nights. We don't just do this thing because there's nothing else to do on a Monday night. We don't just do this thing because it's our J-O-B or, or because someone is holding it over our head. Hey, you better do this. We do it because we believe in the power of God's word, but we also simultaneously believe in what God wants to do in and through each of you. But you will never fully become the man of God or the woman of God that he has created you to be, that we know you to be, if you can't acknowledge who he is. And he is the beginning and the end. He is the Alpha and Omega. Scientists can spend their entire paychecks and their entire lives trying to discredit or disprove God or creation or the, the authority of his word. And there's all kinds of whack stuff out there. But you know what? It's never been proven true. But what has been proven true is the word of God and that he is God. And that salvation comes through no one else except through Jesus Christ. So what does it matter that Jesus is the beginning and end? What matters is that before time happened, before you and I were born and the earth was formed, Jesus was. 
And long after the earth is burned up, Jesus will be. He will be the only thing that endures. Here's why this matters. Two reasons. Number one, our life on this earth is a vapor. Just like this. Haley, wake up here, please. And uh, I've got this string here. We'll just pull that string and maybe walk it towards the back. Towards that one. Yeah. And uh, we're going to pretend that this string represents eternity. Okay? And eternity is a passage of time. It's, um, it's like before you were born. So, like, everyone has a starting point, right? So, my starting point was on May 27th, 1981, in Wabash, Indiana. I didn't test this out. Maybe you can find someone to help you. Fantastic. Thank you. So, my starting point was on, stay with me. Everyone with me? Look right here. I promise you'll see the cool thing in a minute. It's not even that cool, but work with me. My starting point was on May 27, 1981 in Wabash, Indiana. I don't know what time I was born. I just know that I was in my mama's womb with my twin sister. And apparently I kicked my sister out and she almost went off the table. And that is where I began. <laughs> and I've been like a little butterball turkey since then, just continually getting a little wider. And I said whiter. Oh, punch, man. Actually, I might have said wider because I was thinking fluffier. But you get what I'm throwing down. I'm like, my name is Terry Lee Davis, and I was born to Fred and Bonnie Davis, and I, I have this story, and I have this history. And I'm currently 37 years old, and um, I hope to be 137 years old one day. And um, I have life goals and these plans, and there's details about my life. Everyone has it, right? Everyone look at your thumbprint. No same two people on the planet have the same set of fingerprints. Did you know that? Your DNA code is like this, this inside stuff that holds you together. No two people have the same DNA code. Everyone is unique to themselves. Thank you for hitting the end of that. Now, I want you to pretend I quit unwinding this string earlier because I was tired and out of time. But this string, don't miss this. This string represents eternity. That yellow dot on the string is my life here on earth. It's but a blink. You blink and it's gone. One life to live. But I think sometimes we flip it. We say, oh, that whole big string is my life. And that little dot is eternity. Like all that God stuff. I'll deal with that later. Right? No, that's not true. Ben Cakes, if you don't like worshiping on earth, you're not going to like heaven. It's full of worship 24-7. I'm just saying, if it's awkward, thank you, Haley. If it's awkward right now for you to talk to Jesus about your day, heaven is going to be incredibly awkward. Because that's all you're going to do. All we're going to do in heaven is worship 24-7 and tell God who he is. Man, God, you're incredible. And I'm telling you, we have a hard time doing that on Monday nights, don't we? It's like politics to get you out of worship. Your life is but a vapor, a blink. You blink and it's gone. But everything you live on this earth will directly impact your eternity. Don't think for one minute that you're not gonna that you're gonna skate by the seat of your pants and be like, oh, when I'm about to die, I'll ask Jesus to forgive me. Doesn't happen like that. Doesn't happen. Here's point number two why it matters. Alpha and Omega, you still with me? Alpha means what? Beginning 
Omega means okay. It's like two bookends. Bookcase, right? You got a stack of books. And those books are going to fall unless you perfectly balance them or lean them up. Or unless you have bookends. Jesus is the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. Now let me ask you this. How many of you in here would claim to know, well, you would say, I know Jesus, I love Jesus, I follow Jesus, I'm a Christian. Let me see your hands. Okay, hands down. Here's why this matters. Well, everyone say time out. Let me, let me, yeah, hold up. I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm getting excited. Let's talk sandwiches. How many of you in this room like sandwiches? I am so cotton picking tired of my friends because here's what happens. They say, hey, let's go grab a bite to eat. I'm like, okay, they're like, what do you want? I'm down for some pizza. No, oh, I'm down for some chicken. Let's get some canes, man. Butter that toast on both sides. Get a bob, homie. Extra slice. <laughs> Let me get some honey butter biscuits from churches. Hey, what's good? But you know what all my friends say? This is what they say. How about a sandwich, Tara? A sandwich. Now I don't know how you make your sandwiches, but I'm going to let you in on a little secret. If I get lunch meat and bread from the store and I go home on my lunch break, to make myself a sandwich, I can tell you instantly what's going to happen. I've got to put, I get my lunch meat shaved, like real thin, you know? I want my, look, I want my lunch meat at Thanksgiving to be lunch meat at Thanksgiving. I don't want it the rest of the year, you know? I want it shaved so I can just pile that thing. Well, when I make a sandwich, I have to put half a pound of meat on my sandwich for it to put a dent in my hunger, right? Listen, House of Faith is the worst. We have been ripping y'all off because for the last 10 years that I've been here, we make y'all sandwiches. No fits, get your crew. Oh, I'm in trouble with this one. We make y'all a sandwich and we put one, maybe two round slices of meat on your sandwich. So basically, we're giving you bread. Communion with a little side of protein on it. I like this poor children, so I'm gonna feed them. Get them some pepperoni pizza. Anyone with me? Yeah. Okay. And the crowd said, hey, Amen. Look, I'm pushing for y'all to get some meat on your sandwiches. You keep praying. Okay, so that's a lunch meat sandwich. If I get, and don't even get me started on like sandwich shops in town. Oh my stars. You know, like an alfalfa sprout sandwich, please? You get that thing and there's a trident piece of gum worth meat on it. And it's like $12.99. I'm like $12.99. I could have got two pieces. Anyway, let me stop. I'm obviously hungry and passionate about this. Now, let me tell you the number two kind of sandwich I like to make for myself. Not for lunch, for breakfast. Don't hate. Your girl likes to sleep in. Peanut butter and jelly. Okay? Peanut butter and jelly. And so listen, if you think that as an adult things are going to get better, it's not. You are going to live off of PB&J, ramen noodles, and mac and cheese. And if you happen to work at House of Little Caesars. Okay? So peanut butter and jelly. Here's the problem with peanut butter and jelly. Again, I don't want bread with a dollop of some ooziness on it. I want peanut butter and jelly. You know what I'm saying? Like, I put so much peanut butter and jelly on my sandwich, 
that it just kind of sags. You pick it up, and it's just like, I mean, you can ask Kevin, she's seen it before. It just kind of drips. <laughs> and sometimes it drips right here, and nobody helps a friend out, you know? And I'm like, oh, three hours later, pick me a day. Oh. <laughs> but I don't do sandwiches because they don't fill me up. If you're taking me to lunch and you say, Tara, where do you want to go? Please. I'd rather wear a dress in public than go to a salad shop. I'm just saying. Now, here's why that matters. There is a point to this, and we're wrapping up after this. Here's the question. Would you ever, speaking of sandwiches, Oreos, let's just have a conversation about Oreos, because I got some Oreos on my plate. Y'all, Jesus was kind to his sister when someone came out with that. Double, but mega stuff. <laughs> Oreos, you can just call me mega stuff. Anyway, how many of you would ever eat a cookie filled with vomit? Oh. Like, never. Actually, you're like, well, yeah, for a house of faith game, if you picked me up, it probably happen. But never, right? Or, or maybe a cookie full of baby spit up. Like, there were cookies right there tonight on the table. I was like, ooh. I can make myself a cookie monster sandwich and just get some stuff out of the trash and just... <laughs> you would never do that, right? How many of you, life-size bread people, don't be fooled, it's not going to satisfy. It almost feels like to me, it actually. How many of you would make a sandwich out of, stay with me, don't miss this, out of cat poop? We would never make a sandwich with cat poop or dog poop. We would never eat a cookie that's filled with vomit. But that is how, that is how you and I live our lives. And here's how I know that to be true. Because Jesus is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and he is the end. And you and I have one life to live. And so here's how this thing plays out. We put up a really good friend at House of Faith. We're at church or in front of our house of fake buddies. But then behind closed doors, we're doing whatever we want. We're smoking, we're drinking, we're sexing, we're doing whatever we want because nobody can tell us anything. Because nobody knows. And so it's like, if Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, He's the beginning and the end, it's like, here's Jesus the Alpha, here's, here's Jesus the Omega, and here's... Tara's life full of crap because I'm playing games with Jesus. <laughs> Don't miss this. Some of y'all are uncomfortable. You need to be. I'm glad you're uncomfortable. Because here's how we do this. We say, God, as long as you hold up your end of the bargain, then I'm cool. Then we good. After all, you're God. I'm a sinner, right? You love sinners, right? You're going to forgive me, right? So I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. But what you and I don't understand is when that is how we live our lives, intentionally, on purpose, sinning, and doing the very things that God says not to do, 
when we claim to know the name of Jesus and we claim to follow him and we claim to love him, we're making cat crap sandwiches and calling it good. And it is disgusting and it is ugly and it is displeasing to the Lord God Almighty because Jesus Christ is the beginning and the end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. And how you live your life matters because everyone watches you and you have one life to live. And there are thousands of people in San Angelo while y'all sit here and laugh and play your games with Jesus and play your church games, there are thousands of people in San Angelo who do not know Jesus Christ because they don't go to church and they don't come to the house of faith and they're not going to know by looking at your sandwich. They're not going to know that God loves them just because you're repping the house of faith shirt because that's what we gave you for Christmas three years ago. They're going to know that Jesus loves them when you refuse to go to the parties and you refuse to do all the stupid things that everyone else is doing. Jesus is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. And how you live your life in, the, in between that matters. Because He is the bookend. And none of us, none of us would eat a sandwich filled with cat poop between two slices of bread. But we do it all the time with our lives. <coughs> And as soon as we call you out on it, as soon as we say, hey man, what's going on? Because I see you not making good choices. Oh, there goes House of Faith people judging you. You get all puffed up with your pride and offended. But what we're trying to tell you, like an old school song from back in my day says, your poo stinks. Because it doesn't represent Jesus. You can think that your life doesn't matter, but it does. It's a vapor. And in a blink of an eye, it will be done. And what's not going to matter is we're not going to stand in front of Jesus one day and be like, oh, bro, you see how many followers I got on Instagram? You want my autograph on me? What, what's not going to matter? Nobody's ever going to stand before Jesus and say, man, I wish I would have worshipped you a little less. You know, I was probably excessive on Monday nights with the worship at 321. It's probably like over the top. I should have just dialed it down. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. How do you live your life matters? Because people are watching. And your sin, trust me, I know, I'm, I'm like a professional sinner. Been there, done that. Your sin will never satisfy like Jesus does. Never. What kind of life are you living? What are, you, what are you putting on your sandwich? What does your life look like between the slices of bread? Jesus is the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, and your life counts. How are you living your life? God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for your word. And God, I'm sorry for the countless ways I've filled my life with crap. And I've done what I want to do regardless of what you tell me. And, and God... When others see me, I want them to see you. And when they hear me, I want them to hear your voice. God, I pray for these students. That you would rescue them. God, that you would rescue their hearts. That you would inspire them and, and motivate them. That it's not about rules to follow. But it's, it's about this really big God who loves us. And who has good, good things for us. God makes sin 
disgusting to us. Jesus, thank you for being the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. In Jesus' name.